Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about why your support network is essential for well-being. We look at why a strong support network will help you through stressful and difficult times and boost your resilience. We break it down to look at professional and social networks looking at what steps you can take to improve your professional network, explaining how your social network is also great for boosting your well-being, and why it's never too soon to cultivate these important relationships in your life. Listen in for some really easy pieces of tips and advice that you can implement straight away. Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business and life without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. So I help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host. I'm a leadership coach and workplace trainer helping you and your workforce to increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, if you've not done this before, please do find the little subscribe button on your podcast app and ensure that you never miss another episode. Importantly, too, please leave a review. It helps the podcast platform to know what's popular and to be able to share it with other people. So thank you if you've already done that. If not, go over and get it done now. (laughs) Now, Before I dive into today's episode, I've had quite a few calls recently from people who are finding things difficult. They are exhausted, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling anxious and they know that these difficulties are affecting performance. I've got quite a busy time coming up with National Stress Awareness Week, which is the first week in November, but I've also got some space for one-to-one people. Now, Jennifer recently worked with me and she said that I provided one-to-one coaching over a period of several months. She says, Emma's approach to our coaching relationship was very supportive throughout and she built trust very quickly. This allowed Jennifer to speak freely. She felt as though she was truly listened to and understood where she was coming from. Jennifer said she found me to be extremely pragmatic in terms of advice and coaching style and always with a sense of humour, but importantly with empathy and kindness at the core. She left each session with a sense of purpose and feeling more confident and more focused with different techniques she could implement and draw on. She found the coaching journey really beneficial. So go for it, she says. Also, it's National Stress Awareness Week uh, from the 1st to the 5th of November. So talk to me if you haven't got anything sorted for that yet. There's the option of workshops, of awareness, or also my stress awareness pack that you can buy from me that gives you 
uh, quizzes, information, resources and ways that you can implement things in your workplace to be able to raise awareness about stress and improve people's stress levels so they can be really focused and engaged and perform at their best too. If any of those interest you or you just want to bounce some ideas and ask for my advice on what will help in your workplace and the latest trends, then please do get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com and we can book a call. So back to today's episode. We're talking about why your support network is essential for well-being. You know, having a close friends and family has far-reaching benefits on your health and you know, just bang on about it a little bit more. We did notice this, didn't we, with the effects of lockdown through the pandemic. So a strong social and professional support network can be critical to help you through the stresses of tough times, to help you bounce back from difficult situations and help you with your overall well-being. A lack of social support can lead to isolation and feelings of loneliness. I think we can all identify with some of that after the pandemic. So it's such an important part of your life to ensure that you have a good support network around you. And it's never too late to look at this, revisit it, to make improvements and just to work on it, basically. So... The thing is, you don't have to wait until you've got a problem with your well-being, until you're feeling stressed, anxious, run down, burnt out, whatever it is. You don't have to wait until then to build up your support network. Obviously, there are other episodes that you can go back and listen to about spotting the signs of stress or anxiety. So if you're not feeling great, You know, if you find that you are maybe a bit more touchy, that your worries and anxieties are more frequent, if you've got difficulty concentrating, there might even be physical symptoms. There's just a brief overview. It's definitely time to recognise that there's a little bit of a problem. Now, your support network can be really beneficial to this but it might not be the be all and end all it might be that you need some other things to put in place however focusing on the reasons that your support network is essential it begins to reduce your risk of isolation as I've already said it can be really important in times of stress and times when you're feeling the struggle for reasons that I'm going to come to and explain. But it provides the comfort of knowing that you're not alone, that people are there for you, that you have people that you can talk to. This is why counselling is um, and coaching and therapy is highly rated because we are owning our situation and we are talking about it. But studies have shown that uh, social isolation and loneliness are associated with a greater risk of poor mental health as well as other health problems. So there are loads of ways that we can benefit. And the thing is, it's often not just in one area. 
there are a couple of significant areas that you can look at to improve your support network. These might be both professional and personal. So let's take professional first. So support in these sorts of areas might come from your boss, a coach, a mentor, co-workers and also other people in your industry that maybe are not your organisation but you know so I ran a hypnotherapy peer group for a lot of years. So look at who you've got in these areas, think about where there might be gaps, how do you want to improve these, what do you need more of? then make a plan to fill some of those gaps. Do you get the support from your boss? Or do you just get small snippets of conversation? You know, do you get things that give you support and feedback or is all of this saved for formal one-to-ones? Ask your boss for feedback if you're not getting it. You know, with just simple things like, well, I've done this piece of work and I'm happy with it, but I'm... uh, not sure how you would feel about it, you know, Um, maybe not sure about this bit of section, but I'm happy with that bit. Would you like to see this or that in it? How can I improve this in future times? If you tell them what you need, obviously in a nice way, obviously, you're more likely to get the support or the feedback that you need. And that stops you stressing and worrying or working harder or longer on things that you don't need to be doing because they think you're already there and it's great. Do you see? So sometimes you have to open up those conversations and you have to ask for people what it is that you want or tell them what you, not necessarily what you need to hear in that kind of way. I'm thinking like, oh yes, you're marvellous, marvellous, marvellous when actually what you've done is rubbish, but you know, or you've missed the point, but you know what I mean about tell them what you need to hear. If you think you need a coach, then that's often Uh, used for improvement and development or help to develop skills, awareness or uh, improve your abilities or support for a new job, aiming at promotions or getting over some sort of difficulty. So again, it's about getting clear on what you want and where you've got gaps. Obviously, coaches often cost. So do make sure you get one that suits you. I know this sounds really weird, but people often say to me that they've been following me for a little while, you know, or that they've listened to these podcasts or that they've checked me out on social media, that they've been all over my website is a bit stalkerish. (laughs) And that's what I mean about it being a bit weird. But do check them out. Do they talk sense? Does the stuff that they say resonate with you? And then fix a call to talk things through. But if you get any little alarm bells, any quirky things that you think that just just sit quite right, that you feel pressurised, then that's not going to be right for you. I've got a blog on my website that talks about finding the right coach. If it's a mentor, these are usually people who can support, advise and guide you. So often they're in a similar industry And they might be within or outside of your organisation. So ask HR or your boss or if your organisation has a mentoring process. They typically take the time to get to know you and the challenges that you're facing. And then they use their understanding, their personal and professional experience to share. I might do this. I would have done that um, to help you improve. So this relationship is additional to being a manager or a boss and the benefits from a more personal but confidential structure. They would be more advisory to you. 
If your organisation doesn't have mentoring, stick up a post on LinkedIn or somewhere if you're looking for a mentor or look at industry type networks, you know, like um, law type networks or women in tech, you know, and just say that you're looking for a mentor that will help you to do X, Y, Z. Internal and external networking groups are great for meeting co-workers and like-minded people. So it might be there that you've got gaps so that you can share situations, struggles and difficulties. You know, I often share with people like the industry trends that are going on with performance and development and well-being. Look for those types of groups that suit you and join ones that work for you. You don't have to do all of the networks. Try some out. Ask the organisers what type of people come along. What's the format of how they run? Because some networks are a bit more pitchy. I do this and I want to meet people that can introduce me to that. But sometimes there are networks where it's a you know, maybe you get a cuppa, a bit of breakfast, then they have a bit of a speaker that can share with you something about this and that. And then you've got time for chat and, and more networking. So find ones that enable good connections for you, often chat times and things that provide learning. Because as I've said, isolation is a common problem. And although you might feel that, you know, you're struggling and, oh my God, Emma, I just don't have time to put anything else into my day or my week. Or you might just want to avoid people because you just feel too frustrated, too busy. You just can't be bothered. Um, try and have a little look and make a little bit of an effort. And remember that these social interactions increase our feel-good chemicals. So when we have people to talk to, it creates that connection. And we all need connections to feel part of something, to meet that deep tribal need that we have. So we need people around us for lots of reasons. With all of these sort of professional type areas, with your boss, your mentor, a coach or a co-worker, talking about the challenges that you're facing can be an excellent way to gain perspective. Not only it gets it out of your head, you can hear yourself talking about it, but you can look for new solutions or simply express your emotions and feel supported because you get other people that go, yeah, I have that too. And you think, oh, great, it's not just me. Again, I don't feel so alone. So then thinking about friends, family members and co-workers, they can all be potential sources of social connectivity as well. And you might be wondering, Emma, why on earth, you know, I want to progress professionally or, you know, I don't want to burden people and what on earth does friends and family have to do with this? They don't get what I'm going through. Often these people are your biggest cheerleaders. Even if they don't understand your job or the pressures that you have, explain to them again. Explain again what the support that you need from them. You know, I used to ring my husband and say, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to listen. I just need to be able to offload. So do you need to offload? Do you need to just have a good moan? Do you, do you need somebody to tell you that you're doing a great job? Something as simple as I believe in you or you can do this from someone external really can be a huge boost to you, especially when it's somebody that really knows you. Many studies have shown that the primary factor in resilience is having caring and supportive relationships within and outside the family. 
So relationships, you know, that create that kind of love and trust or provide role models that offer encouragement and reassurance, they are the ones that help to bolster your resilience. So it might be about making time for coffee with friends, making sure that you get it in the diary so that if something comes up, you move it rather than it never happening. You know, social and work networks disappeared with the effects of COVID. I've talked about them in that professional aspect. Um, But it's important that you reinvigorate some of these social networks or notice where you've got gaps in these networks. Now, our well-being is often severely affected when we are not recharging our batteries, when we've not got time to do, you know, feel-good boosts or when we are, have time to wind down as well. So we need to have enough energy available to give to others as well as to receive from others. So rather than sink into the sofa or dive into Netflix, having a chat with somebody, you know, perhaps even if you just pick up the phone or if you read a book or you write down some of the things that you're grateful for, you talk about these things with other people, allows you to kind of get your own needs met for you to rest and recharge. Going out and meeting your friends and having just a really good laugh is so boosting for your well-being, for your mental health and for those feel-good chemicals. It's also good times to create for fun, to get that sense of achievement or even to get encouragement, to get feedback, you know, and then you've kind of offloaded, you've got it out of your head and you stop worrying about things. So I really hope that that's been helpful for you today. As ever, if you've got any questions at all, then drop me an email, emma at emmalankton.com or book a call with me from my website, emmalankton.com forward slash contact and you can get a link straight into my diary where we can talk about some of the challenges that you're facing and some of the things that will help you to boost your mental well-being and reduce those stress levels and help you get back on track to be the best that you can be. So just think about one area that you can improve within your professional or your social network and just work on that one thing. Drop me an email even if you want to tell me what it is that you're doing or tag me on social media and tell me that as well. So then until next time, I really hope this has been helpful for you. I look forward to hearing about the ways that you are improving your support network that helps to improve your well-being. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.